0: Welcome back to Halford & Broff here on Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd and Jason Bruff. Halford & Bruff Brough brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, this hour of Halford & Bruff Brough is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the
1: expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit campbell Pound dot com today and we are coming to you live from the kintec studio kintec footwear and orthotics canada's favorite orthotics provider supported by over 2500 five-star google reviews find a perfect fit at kintec.net 650 650 is the
0: dunbar lumber text line what we learned coming up at 8 30 but right now we are very pleased to be joined on the line one of the newest members of the vancouver whitecaps uh, also a uh, uh, representing canada at the international stage he is richie Larea. richie thank you very much for chatting with us today how are you
2: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, guys, for having me.
0: Yeah, it's our pleasure. How's uh, How's Vancouver treating you so far?
2: Yeah, it's been good. Been here for just over a week now. Um, yeah, getting accustomed to the city, the club, and the culture over this way as well. So it's been it's been good.
0: So why were the Whitecaps the right place uh, for you at this stage of your career?
2: Yeah, I just felt like again between the project that I was hearing that that they were trying to develop over here. And obviously with the team that they have, with, um, with Axel, with Vani, um, and the rest of the staff, and then obviously with a very talented roster as well, that I think people don't really realize how many good players are actually on the team. Um, it was um, obviously exciting. And it's a team that's been trending for the last two to three years as well
0: you've played uh, obviously you've had a, a long career at tfc you're playing there most recently as well on the, on on loan from the club in england was it attractive to you to keep being able to keep play in canada uh, after having played so much at tfc
2: yeah um, that was definitely um one of the things as well just obviously a, a country um i play for the national team so being able to play for a team in the country as well is um a pretty cool cool feeling as well so um yeah, you get a little bit of that national team feel, I guess, whenever you play.
0: You know, and as you mentioned, uh, you, you talk about the project that the Whitecaps are building here with Vanny Sartini and Axel Schuster. You you're also are here technically on a loan, but do you think this could be a long-term fit for you with the Whitecaps?
2: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, that was one of the things in mind when I was coming here. Um, it, was, it was only going to be a six-month lo- six loan, but... Um, with, uh, with the idea to do well here, for the team to do well here, and then see what that um, meant uh, moving forward as well. So, like I said, I think they've uh, paved a good way at this club as of late. So, yeah, that would be definitely something that's um, on the cards. But I feel like just as of right now, I'm focused on getting, you know, getting going this weekend and then just helping this team push forward big time these um to end to close out the season and you know really really make a good good run at this thing
0: what did Axel and and Vanny Sartini have to say to you and tell you about what they're building that project you speak of and how you fit into it here
2: yeah just you know about you know what they thought of me and you know playing against me in the past and then just kind of explain the players they have at hand right now and the the, um, philosophy behind the club the you know the project they have for the club as well moving forward and all that so yeah those are all things i feel like that were very um intriguing to me and to see you know the ambition to move forward as a club and it continues to get better and better and compete was also um a a big one for me
1: hey richie you had an experience over in england playing for forest um you know the world of football. This is something that we've been talking about a lot on this show, especially since the arrival of Messi uh, in Miami and what he's done for interest in MLS. How big do you think MLS can get?
2: Yeah, I think obviously with, with Messi, the almost seems like the timeline has been now expedited and the how, how much quicker the league is going to grow just because of him being the best player to grace this um, to, to grace this planet, you know. So, um, yeah, I think MLS is going to grow big time. I think um, strides have already been taken with trying to get guys like Messi and Busquets and Alba who are, you know, incredible, incredible players. And, yeah, I, I think it just shows the ambition of the league in trying to go out and get guys like that and then seeing what those three guys have done you know, to to the team who you know wasn't doing necessarily great and now are in the finals of the league's cup. So I think that's a big uh, statement and testament to what um, Miami did this summer window. But then also what the the rest of the league and teams are gonna do to follow and i in um in the next couple of windows, especially leading up to the World Cup and all that. So it, it's um it's nice to see because it's definitely a league I feel like that doesn't maybe get the respect it deserves all the time, but it's obviously a top league and will start and has already started for a long time, but not with the Rava Messi is expedited and um, the trajectory forward for what, what the league will look like, um, you know, with for years to come.
1: What was your experience like in England?
2: Yeah, it was good. Honestly, I, I, um, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, um, a different, you know, different type of experience. It's, it was de- definitely very different from MLS. So I got to experience a different culture, a different, you know, type of football, fan experience, all that type of stuff. Um, what was obviously different from MLS, and I think you'll get that between different leagues that you go to. So, yeah, it was um, um, maybe at times even like very eye-opening to me being over there and seeing you know, just um some of the some of the different um teams and how many teams there are in England and getting accustomed to the way they travel, how quickly some of their games come. So it was it was good. I um I enjoyed it, my family enjoyed it and I think it was a really, really good experience for me to have, especially um with a World Cup leading leading into a World Cup again, I think there were some valuable lessons for me to learn there while while I was playing there.
1: Do Canadians get more respect now because they do have world class players and we did qualify for a World Cup.
2: Yeah, I think definitely it's trending in that direction. Getting more more respect, that is that is for sure. That um I think it's sort of a no brainer. I think people can see that just across the board, um, Canadians are getting a little bit more respect. You guys you have guys like Fonzie, Joe David, Tejan, Kayo, stakio you know, these guys. um, Alistair playing in good teams and um, top teams in Europe. So it's, you know, guys see that and it's not no longer just, um, you know, these guys are just okay or like, yeah, they'll they'll be good eventually. But there's guys doing well overseas at at very good clubs. And there's guys also... um, doing well in, dom- in in our domestic leagues like MLS and CPL. That is also, I think, very important because the leagues are, are growing and you have Canadians that are playing a hefty amount of minutes and top minutes in um, leagues overseas and domestically as well. So I think it's, um, it's a very big positive for, I think, just Canada in general for the cont- country to continue to move forward like this.
1: I hope you're not offended by this question because we were all very excited when Canada qualified for the World Cup and we all loved watching Canada playing at the World Cup, especially, you know, scored a goal and had that great effort against Belgium. But does it feel like the team almost needs a bit of a – I don't even know if it's a reset or just to get back on track because it hasn't been as smooth a sailing – um, since that first game against Belgium and since the games afterwards,
2: yeah, um, not 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 a wake up. I think the team, our team, is very self aware and will be the first to uh, you know say when we don't think we've played necessarily well or all that type of stuff. Um, but also, I think people need to understand as well like that this team got good really quick and got good at a time where people didn't even think we'd be able to make the qualifiers. And then now we're in qualifiers and it's like, oh, okay, perfect. We made qualifiers. It'll be good experience for the guys moving into 2026. And then we make the world cup and everyone is also you know, surprised. So
3: <laughs> for me,
2: it's, um, it's, it's a little bit, um, I, I just look at it that way and it's good. I think the fans and people supporting Canada soccer should, um, you know, um, be, be able to voice their opinions and want the best out of the team because it is a talented group. But it's also a little bit difficult, I think, from a player perspective when, you know, a year and a half ago, people completely have ridden you off and did it, did, we've done the unsinkable. And now that we've done the unsinkable, it's like, which is normal. The bar has been set very high. Yes. But at the, in the same moment, it's, this, it's a team that got good really quick. So, yes, um we, we definitely will continue to grow and get better. I think by 26, this team will be flying at a, especially at a home World Cup. So I think it'll be a very different World Cup with guys that have had, you know, through a bunch of qualified games under their belt, three World Cup games and prep games against hopefully top top opponents. Um, moving into 26, and yeah, I think m- maybe in some of the games we did um, maybe experienced games against tougher opponents than we've played in the past but i think friendly games against good opponents also help that moving into 26 as well so yeah that's my (laughs) um that's my piece on that i feel like um it's good that the fans and all that want to you know come down hard now with um how the team's playing and all that type of stuff because those are the that's the direction we need to go as a country if we want to be considered a footballing country. Is there has to be big pressure every single time we step on the field, and I think every single one of the players would agree with that. But uh, in the same breath, I think uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna be good. We're gonna be fine, and the team I think will be in a very good way going into the 2026
1: World Cup. Yeah, I guess I guess it's better to just embrace the high expectations as opposed to getting like. You guys are so ungrateful. Like look at oh look at all the excitement we gave you. We gave you a World Cup appearance. None of you thought we'd get there and now we have a few uh rough moments and, and you're all over us. Um, you know, I guess this is what this is what the, the, the more serious soccer countries in the world deal with, like the expectations. And if you don't do well, <laughs> it's course. hard. So, I mean, no, no, that, that's where you want to be. But I guess it, it I, I, I imagine it has been a little bit difficult to deal with the criticism so quickly after you had this amazing feat of qualifying for the World Cup. No, no, I wouldn't even say
2: difficult to deal with. I think for me, I think it's fine. That is, uh, that's football nowadays. You know, there's a lot of expectations around teams that are doing doing well. So, um, I, I personally, speaking for myself, don't have a problem with that. I, it's if that's how it's going to be, that's good. That's going to push the entire group and the country forward with that type of burning pressure to, you know, you know, state that it's not good enough. Going, you know, now, now Canada going to finals of. Nations League of the Nations League and not winning like that is it's no longer just good enough to you know get to a quarter final semi-final or qualify out of the group you know you, the, we need to be winning things and that's um, that's completely fine that is the the new Canada that's been tr- transformed in this country and like I said if we um, like we all of the players have said time and time again we want to be considered a footballing country these are some of the things that are going to come with it so I think it's it's the nature of it and there's obviously to an extent there's nothing nothing wrong with that, well
0: the next World Cup is going to be such an exciting opportunity, obviously, with Canada being one of the co-hosts of the tournament. And, you know, as you said, a lot of people would have been excited just to be at that one, the 2026 one. You guys got ahead of schedule. We're at the the 2022 World Cup. What needs to happen between now and 2026 to make sure that you guys are hitting the ground running and you're in the best posi- position to, you know, potentially do something really special and have a good performance uh, at the 2026 World Cup?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely exciting. I think that's what everyone in this country, uh, players, fans, whatever it might be are excited about because it's a home World Cup and it's an opportunity, a big, big opportunity to grasp the entire country's eyes and even push this game even further up in this country, which I think will end up, you know, doing a whole lot of good for the younger generations as well uh, coming through, so it'll be good.
0: Richie, really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. So We look forward to seeing you getting on the pitch with the Whitecaps. Thanks for doing this. Thank you very much. Have a good one. And that is uh, one of the newest members of the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, Richie lorea And, of course, as we talked about, representing Canada in international
1: soccer as well. Yeah, what a whirlwind it's been for him over the last oh, yeah. few years, right? World Cup, playing going for play TFC, yep. go play for England, and then you're back at TFC, and then you're going out to Vancouver. And it sounds like the Whitecaps Caps, like, have had conversations with him about extending. I think they just yes. have to do it in, in the winter, in the certain um, time frame. Yeah, and they um, and he's going to be one of the faces of this team going forward uh and ahead of the 2026 mm-hmm. world cup which is all going to be kind of hand in hand like the white caps don't re- really have anything to do with the world cup no but if you're playing in vancouver yeah. and you're a canadian international like you're gonna it's gonna be associated with you for right? sure yeah for sure uh let's do a few what we learns and just a reminder to get your what we learns into the dunbar lumber text line at 650 650 we will read them on the other side dunbar lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Peterson Vancouver, online at dunbarlumber.com. Um, I learned that a Babe Ruth bat, so a bat that Babe Ruth used uh, back in 1923, just sold for $1.3 million Oof. at auction. Now, I read the story, and a lot of the story... And I read it at the Athletic. Is just about how they were for sure, um, you know, certain that this was yes a bat. I was going to say, how do you certify that it? Babe Ruth used? Um, so there are companies out there that will investigate this thing, and I'm not going to go into all the details. But actually, it might be worthwhile to have okay. a guest on okay. at one point to just talk about that sort of stuff. Um, there was also a picture of Babe Ruth using this bat, but it did make me wonder. How much fraud is there in the sports memorabilia Mm. industry? Because I don't know if you guys watched any of the documentaries or read any articles on fraud in the wine industry, like the rare wine industry. There's a really good documentary, and it's actually really funny, called Sour Grapes. And I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but I think I watched it on Netflix. It was made in 2016. It was about a wine fraudster. So this guy would go out and find empty bottles from restaurants. Like, yeah. you know, like, the, I don't know, they would recycle them or whatever. Yeah. And he would, he would, he was actually knew a lot about wine. Cause he was able to mix wines and kind of like find the taste. Like that this, approximate the taste yeah, of yeah, the fancy yeah. and wine. And then he would, um, he would recreate the labels for the wine and put it on. At any rate, like he was tricking a lot of people. And there have been others that have tried to do this through various methods, right? Like some of them will, um, you know, find a bottle that does have wine in it and then they'll just change the label or they'll change the, uh, the bottle and, and they, you know, like people will fall for it. Right. And you know how wine enthusiasts are like, some of them are just like, they're full of it, right? They've just completely BSing. Even some of the experts were getting tricked by this, and that was the funny part of the sour grapes thing. Is like, oh, this this wine is so good, so full bodied, or whatever they say about <laughs> wine, right? And it's like this this is a fake. Like this is this is a fake wine. And there this was cost a, ten dollars. There was a story that I read uh, about another wine fraudster where they ordered this wine at this. I think it was a Vegas, like this fancy restaurant in Vegas. So, the first bottle they ordered they're like oh this wine is incredible and we're talking like a $6000 a dollar bottle of wine here and then they said well, let's let's have a let's have a second bottle and they're like ah, uh, you know what that wine that wasn't as good like it was the same bottle apparently that w- wasn't as good uh so they sent it back and the restaurant was like oh i'm very sorry the wine must have gone bad or sure. something like that so they ordered they got another bottle and they were like oh yes this is the wine so anyway yada 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 they realized that the second bottle that they didn't like was the only What's authentic the real one. one. <laughs> that was the only one that was real, right? So I actually just wonder like, how much um,
3: of sports memorabilia, when you're talking about autographs... I got a number for you if you want. Okay. Uh, the FBI estimates that roughly 50% of vintage sports memorabilia is fraudulent. That's, that's Other amazing. experts put the figure... Closer to eighty percent. Wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. Because
0: even you were saying like, oh, there's yeah. a picture of Babe Ruth using this bat. You can recreate well, it's like, well, the bat. He's well, an yeah, identifying like, feature on the yeah, bat. Like, yeah, like yeah, they all look like baseball bats. It's like well, it has the logo. It's like well, I'm sure there were other bats like that made. Like how? I this... thought about
3: this with hockey cards too. Like how hard is it to print out of a glossy hockey card? You know, with a with a picture that you know is on the card. It can't be that hard to reproduce an old vintage question. '90s hockey card. Yeah, like really, when you think about it.
1: And like I get, I get it would be hard to recreate you know, the Gretzky rookie card or whatever. And, and people would be ones, like, yeah, yeah, they'd be like, okay, we're going to look into this. <laughs> but what about the ones that would sell for like 500
3: bucks? Like a Pedersen rookie yeah. or something, yeah, yeah. or go further back. Like right? You're
1: not going to hire a company to investigate that. You're probably just going to say, yeah, that's probably the real thing. You're
0: not going to take it to an appraiser. You're just like yeah, it looks real, feels real. Or even
1: the appraiser might just be like, yeah, by the looks of it, it looks pretty good to me. But like, yeah, I, I'm not. We're not going to analyze the paper, right? Because that's going to cost more than the yes. than the actual card costs. It's that like mid range type of stuff. Yeah, that I I wonder about. Are I'm you, not into. I was going to say, are you a big memorabilia guy? Like no, zero percent.
0: I think I've had one autographed thing in my life. I bought a Sean Green autographed baseball. And Rookie card once.
3: Yeah. I was, I was gifted a, big a, a Martin Brodeur autograph, but it doesn't mean as much to me because I, for me, autographs are, are a sign that I met this person, right? Like yeah. I, I bumped into this person, I got their autograph. Someone buys you an autograph, it's like, mm-hmm. eh. Yeah,
1: cool, I, I, I guess. I've never I've never been into it but although like if it's a great hobby like if you can collect this stuff I've got friends that do it and it's you know it keeps you busy. I don't right. mind like <laughs> when the people when you
0: have like your your TV room or your your room in the basement and you've got like a bunch of cool decorations yeah, and great. stuff in there cuz yeah. then it's not it's about good. like oh I'm trying to find the super rare card. It's just hey this is my favorite team and I'm you know I've put some cool stuff together. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus the like, oh, I hope I get this super rare rookie card. Like, I don't know.
1: Got I don't know if, it, but but like, it's it's it is a hobby, right? For a lot of these yeah, people, fair. and 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 they spend their time, you know, trying to find you know uh, trying to find this to complete their collection or whatever they they want like they they actually enjoy it and i think they also enjoy the the hobby of like reselling some stuff sure and and making some money off it i just you know ever since i've i've seen this those wine documentaries and and, and read some of the stories I've wondered how much of it is fake.
0: It's
3: the real-life NFT right? market.
1: Breff was like, I'm never going to buy a $6,000 bottle of wine again after I saw that. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I've got a Coors Light, I guess.
0: 500
3: you know that Babe Ruth, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Uh, all Do right. you think they're
1: faking the Coors Light?
0: <laughs> What a market that would be! To be, be honest, incredible.
4: pretty much every single domestic lager, its like the exact. It's same the same thing. Oh, it's the exact same. like the Duff, the, the Duff Brewery yeah.
1: when they're
0: all
4: going into. I, this well, city. actually, it's <laughs> funny you say that because yeah. my bo- my old boss at my beer store job, he had a buddy who was a bartender, and what they always used to do when they would run out of one of Molson or Bud. They would 100%. just put the tap into the other one and say it was that beer. Nobody could tell. That, that used to kill food. me too. It's, like going in, it's why it's not. It? Yeah. it is literally the same. It's the same recipe.
0: Going into the liquor store, especially in Montreal, like where Molson's headquartered, there are all, all these different brands of Molson and like different types of Molson that I, I never see out here. And it's like Duff Dry, you, <laughs> Brady Duff. Who are you guys kidding? Like, who are you kidding? It's all Molson. It's just Molson. What are you talking about? It's like, oh, I really like this type of Molson.
1: All right, give us some Moo uh, we'll do some more of what we learned, if, if the boys have any of them, and then we'll go into the Dunbar Lumber text line. You're listening to the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650.
3: The People's Show, where you're part of the show. Download the podcast and stay up to date on Vancouver sports all summer long. Now for
1: my favorite part of the show. What did I say? talk to the
4: audience oh god this is always dead it's what we learn time it's what we learn time it's what we learn time on the show
0: all right final segment of the show We made it. We're here. It's Halford and Bruff Sportsnet 650. I'm Jamie Dodd. Uh, We will start uh, what we learned here in a moment. Halford and Bruff is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. This hour of Halford and Bruff is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com today. I also want to take another opportunity here to tell you. But the very exciting contest—a partnership between Sportsnet 650 and the BC Lions—featuring your chance to win a suite for you and nine friends to watch the BC Lions versus the Hamilton Tie Cats in a private luxury suite Saturday, August 26, four o'clock game, hosted by Halford, Bruff, A Dog, and Laddie—all four of them there. Uh, you can enjoy the game in complete comfort, feel like a VIP from your own private suite. A uh, prize pack, which also includes a bunch of swag, shirts, hats, foam fingers, plus hot dogs,
1: popcorn, and snacks in the suite. Laddie, uh, will you be cheering for the Tie Cats? Yeah, Oski Wee Wee all the way. Okay, okay so all the you, way. do you have any Tie Cats apparel?
3: I sadly don't. I have some Hamilton apparel. I think, apparel I think you wear. need
1: some Tie Cats. I do. Stuff. I would like some.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd what, like a
0: KC printer. What drink. kind of Hamilton apparel uh, do you have? <laughs>
3: just like shirts that uh, this shirt on says it? Hamilton is home on it, which sure. they were selling. <laughs> they, I bought one. They were selling. That's yeah. great. Were they just hawking it on the corner yeah. or something? Actually, I, I would like a Danny McManisters, you know that I think about it. That would be a good throwback, right? Did he did, did Casey Printers play for the Ticats? I think he did briefly at the end of really? his career. Yeah, he came by. Everyone it, it was one of the times when Hamilton was still bottom of the league and right. they were just trying anyone at quarterback and So I watched the Johnny Manziel documentary yep.
1: yesterday. Who did he play for in the CFL? The Alouettes. The Alouettes, right? Alouettes, right?
3: Hamilton had yeah. his rights and then had a whole They did not mention
1: it. it once. They did not mention the Didn't CFL angle once on that document. How many how
0: much did he play? Like two games? Yeah. Something like that, right? And then everyone was like, Yeah, this isn't working out. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Printers uh, was actually Hamilton before the BC
3: Lions. I thought really? it was after. Yeah, it was uh seven oh eight. Ago. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, By the way, go to sportsnet.ca slash 650. Click on the contest page to enter that contest. Uh, The winner will be announced on Monday. Uh, All right. I'll do a quick what we learned here. We've been talking a little bit about uh, James Harden and the Sixers this year. He he called Daryl Morey, the GM, a liar in China. And now the reporting from, uh, from the NBA insiders is that he's just getting started. That this was just... Stage one of his plan to inflict pain and make the Sixers uncomfortable. This is from Brian Windhorse who says, my guess is he may not be done with it. There may be other opportunities for him to really squeeze the Sixers to try to make them to reconsider this position. And uh, Ramona Shelburne, also VSPN, says she was told, quote, this is just the beginning. <laughs> So, so James is Harden that? is what like starting like... this campaign of psychological warfare mm-hmm. against Daryl Morey and the Sixers, and who knows? Like, I'm I'm fascinated to see where this goes, how he escalates the situation from here. Yeah, was he got like
1: blackmail or something? Like, <laughs> I
0: don't know. It's almost that, like that a, is a real. It's threat. like a hostage hostage message, right? Yeah. Like, Listen, trade me, or I'm going to do more weird stuff, and it's okay. going to make you very uncomfortable.
1: So I guess we're going to hear more about that. Give us a moo on that. Uh, Let's go to A-Dog. A-Dog, what's your what we learned?
4: Ugh, I almost don't even care anymore. I was like half interested in it, but I guess I'll mention it Oh, good. It Way I to sell it. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really Great selling. leading to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, it was just announced that uh, Taylor Swift, oh, boy. sorry Swifties, uh, has declined uh, to play at the Super Bowl this year. So no Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. It was uh, at one time speculated she would be the artist that would play. Uh, She's no longer going to be playing so it, at the Super Bowl. Is she doing
1: any concerts these days?
4: She is doing some <laughs> touring, I hear. <laughs> She'll shake it off. will <laughs> yeah, yeah. be okay. You, hey, you know what? I
1: tried to get tickets to the Toronto one because really? through my like credit card company or something, I, they they said you could like go in the I don't know have access to it, but I only got put on the waiting list.
4: Yeah, it's pr- pretty hard. It's an investment. Hot ticket. It, it was an investment yeah. for
1: sure. I was like, I'm going to sell these real yeah. quick right away. I heard they yeah, were going yeah, yeah.
4: for fifteen grand or something in Toronto. Oh we were my selling tickets God. for fifty. It actually looks
1: like I've seen pictures of the concert. I mean, it, for me, it looks like a nightmare. <laughs> but like everyone is having a good time there. Yeah, yeah, sure. If you were someone who enjoyed things like that, you know, right, right. <laughs> that look, like, I was great like great a thing. screaming seventeen-year-old girl. I would, I would love it. I'm uh, sure,
0: yeah.
1: Or like a thirty-five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> do, you,
0: do you do you like Taylor Swift? I don't her. I, don't, right, I, don't I don't dislike her. Right, I don't know her music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm perfectly ambivalent on her. She seems very talented. A dog and I uh, had a conversation offline about Taylor Swift and her popularity and. Did we come to... It wasn't a conclusion. Well, I did a tweet about it, and right.
4: and naturally I was like, please don't bury me for Dangerous. This. And of course people started to attack me like, you, yeah, people, why are you hating on her? I'm, I, like, I'm really not. I just wanted to know why she got so big and yeah. why she's... She's literally the biggest artist in the world right now and has been for several years. So, and the main answer I got from Swift fans that responded to me is that she does an incredible job connecting to her core audience and her fans.
1: So is that through her lyrics?
4: Uh, she is a very good lyricist. I mean, she writes very catchy pop songs that are very easily digestible by large groups of people. Mm-hmm. They're very inoffensive, just, you know, right. like like a lot of great pop Cause, is. But
1: you and I were having a conversation. Like lyrics for me, they don't really matter all that much. But
4: just some people they really they know. Do. I know they yeah. do. Everyone's yeah. everyone's different. Uh, it, the cross yeah. genre thing can't be discounted because obviously she went from country to pop, so she's got a really big fan base in multiple
3: genres. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also been around forever. Correct. I remember and high that, school people talking about That her.
4: was another one. One, one person mentioned uh, that a lot of people gr- grew up with her. Uh, so they were getting into her in high school, and now 15 years later, uh, they sort of they grew, and she was like the same age as them, right? And sure. As she grew, they grew with her and sort of matured in that way. And So there's like this connection there, and I, I totally get that. And uh, I just wanted to know, because- it seemed like yeah, you're just curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. it seemed like she I, was, I was like I obviously too. you know working in music radio prior to sports radio. I knew who she was, and mm-hmm. obviously she was a very big artist for a long time. But in the last few years, like it seems like through the pandemic up to now, she's become like the biggest artist in the world. There's not even a close second. Well,
1: she's a great performer too. Yes, right? like that of is very important. Absolutely. You know there has to be, and and I I'm not saying that went away or anything, but like performers that can go out there in front of you know. 70,000 people on a nightly basis yeah. and bring it the whole time. Yeah. That to me is like incredible. For like a two, do. three
4: hour concert. I was, unless. I was actually and just re- command
1: a stadium.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: I was know? really glad you asked that question on Twitter, Andy,
0: cause I've had the exact same thought. You were scared yeah. to yeah. ask and it. Yeah, no, but people <laughs> think people interpret it as an attack. It's like, I'm not saying it's not that she hasn't deserved it or she's not talented. It's just surprising. And for me, as you say, like during the pandemic or the last three or four years, Because we all know there's a phenomenon where, you know, a a performer gets really popular with teenagers, right? Like, that happens. We've all seen that a million times. What surprised me was, like, people I follow on Twitter for sports, like reporters from around the continent, you know, beat reporters for teams. And people who work at big outlets and they're, you know, in their 30s and 40s being so hyped and so excited for new Taylor Swift album releases. Mm -hmm. And I've Mm -hmm. never really seen that with any other performing artist. And that was kind of the question for me is, okay, how did she jump from being super, super popular with the younger cohort to just this overwhelming popularity. I think the answer you gave about people growing up with her, that's an interesting one. I hadn't thought about that. That was a huge part of it. Also,
4: she released like three bangers in a row, like three huge records, right? like back to back to back. That isn't done very often either. Like, artists might release one really big record, maybe have an off record, then come mm. back, or whatever. You know, there's ups and downs, ebbs and flows in every artist's career, but she's happened to have just, like, three huge number one albums <laughs> yeah. in a row, and that's helped her a lot as well. It's like,
1: no wonder she's not doing the Super Bowl, because the performers don't get paid for the Super Bowl. Correct. Like it's, yeah. it's a promotional thing. She's like, I'm doing okay. I'm, yeah. I don't think I need the promotion, I make, like, millions actually. of dollars a concert. Yeah. I'm fine. The Super Bowl is actually a bit small for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, but I'm, honestly, <laughs> you joke about that Any bigger but events he, i could do well, those it like, kind of is she's having the most successful yeah. financially successful tour of all time like and yeah. she doesn't she's like why would i to want to promote? give it away why for free too do free, yeah honestly a free a show yeah
3: uh give us a mukal on that
1: Laddie, your turn
3: you made me get angry about the blue jays earlier in the show jason so i want to kick the yankees while they're down nice. they're yeah. under 500 they lost again yesterday and it's starting to leak into the local radio and i'm gonna play a clip here from w fan in new york and this is essentially like if John Shorthouse came on our show and was talking to you and Mike, and Michael Kay is the voice of the Yankees, and he was uh, offering some reasons why the team has been struggling in the last little while, and the host on the show kind of got into him with a little bit. It's, uh, it's the team melting down, the fans melting down. Um, I want he to hear He just loved it. Let's do this.
0: They fooled themselves into thinking we don't have to make major changes. I think they thought they were going to be a lot better, but now I, I, I think they see the flaw in that.
1: This, I, I, just
0: being honest, this does sound sort of like excuse-making, though. Well, I don't, I don't give a crap what it sounds like. I'm telling you the reasons why it's happening. If you people nope. want to say they're making excuses, I don't care anymore. I'm telling what? you the truth here. If you think it's making excuses, good, go crack in a lake. I don't care. What's the point of the truth? They got it wrong. They always get it wrong. No, that's that's ridiculous. They always get it wrong. Over the last few years, they've gotten it wrong. Really? They went to the ALCS last year. They really got it so wrong. They They won the American League East. They won the American League East. The toughest division in baseball. They won 99 games. They always get it wrong.
3: There's a little taste of what's going on just in goes like oh, I goes like zero to 100 that. in like two <laughs> oh, seconds. Yeah, it like, was ready. like all He's nice and normal. It. Like, yeah. It's like He's three cracking. seconds.
4: Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. I, I love American sports. Yeah. Radio. I got to say, if you want to. So good. If you want to explain American sports radio to somebody that doesn't know what it is in like yeah. three seconds, it's that clip. It's sports shouting. It, it is. It's insane. It's uh, awesome. All
1: right. Give us a muko on that. Very good laddie. Uh, we'll dip into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Uh, Paul in Peterborough. With a, what we learned, I learned that gum found in a golf bag after a year isn't gum anymore. Yeah, that would be like a, a, a rock. melted, uh, oh, melted yeah. but first melted and then turned into mm. a rock. Yeah. I usually have a couple of Snickers bars in the uh, the golf bag that I would buy at the turn and think, okay, well, if I'm getting hungry with like a few holes left, yeah. I'll, I'll eat this. But then I never do. Right, And then you find it a little later on and you're like, this thing is finished. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, this is unrecognizable uh, at this point. Tyler texts in uh, what we what we learned the Vuelta a Espana, Spain's version of the Tour de France will be start, starting in just over a week. I look forward to the preview segment next week. Uh I'm not going to be on the show next week, but you're going to be waiting a while for that <sighs> yeah. one, Tyler. We had we had I don't know if it was Tyler or somebody else who's a cycling fan, but while well, you were away, Somebody was really trying to like. Okay, maybe you guys are more amenable to to bicycle talk, yeah. yeah Than yeah. Mike and Jason
1: It's like, sorry, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no you're barking up the wrong it's tree. It's called it's called cycling. Cycling, yes, I know, no, Jamie, not bicycling. It's called cycling. Yeah, we tried. We even had a guest on to try and talk us into it, and I was like, nope.
0: <laughs> never <laughs> Thanks. mind. Thanks for
1: the attempt, though. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what we learned from Scott, uh, I never want to hear Drant say the word sticky ever again. Yeah. That might be one of those "ick" words, especially when it comes out of Drance's
4: mouth. It caught my attention. Too. Actually, like, Drance's mouth might be <laughs> one of those
3: "ick phrases.: We had a word yesterday on yesterday's show that one of the listeners caught that our guest dropped. I don't even want to say it. Like, it's, it's gross. Why? No, say it. What was what, it what are, some, it, what, not... are some of, what are some of the say words
1: it. that you that like give you the "ick feeling? Yeah God, they're whistling one, the, the, one of the guests whispering the... like what, do
3: you want? what was it? I remember the person texted it. dropped enema. Oh yeah, whatever. Oh, no, Jim and Toth. And Jim around. Toth yeah. dropped it. Yeah. I don't I just I, it's not a bad word. It's just not a word I like to think about like people, at eight uh, in the morning. People know. used to say like,
0: "Oh, I hate the word moist." It makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Great band
4: though. I always yeah. feel like
0: people are playing that up though. I don't do
1: you know. When, it's just a word. Uh, do you remember when Sakara said panties on air?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I do not. But,
0: no. No thank you. No. Yeah, I
4: think I was actually I was doing it at the desk that day and I had I nearly
1: I was like, "And I'm celibate." Yeah. <laughs> and this time, uh, my own choice.
4: <laughs>
1: Voluntarily, celibate. it. Voluntarily. Uh, by the way, the New York Post came up with a list of the uh, top 10 grossest words in the English language. Uh, Puss is number one. Yeah, well, so let's, let's list them I can all in see the see air. That. Here. I can yeah, see that. Do it. Yep. Yeah, well, um, this, <laughs> this is, is wait, how we drive, drive ratings right here. Wait till number five.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What, number, you,
1: two, number two is phlegm. Number three, I don't like this one either. Seepage. <laughs> Seepage. <laughs> oh, number four is moist. Yep.
3: Uh,
1: I yep. don't know if I can read. No, I can Do say it. number five.
3: You made me say my word. Number five. Your Let's number go. five wasn't even that
1: bad. I'll okay, that. fine. Number this, five.
3: This is the New York <laughs> Post.
1: Splooge. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it goes. Oh. Yeah, that got in there. See, none of those fester, gross- mucus, ooze, putrid, curd.
3: None of those gross me up. All very Germanic words. All well, very are very there
1: Germanic. any words
0: that I don't gross think you out? So. Yeah, I don't think so. It's just like I don't have that. I don't like ginch. association. Ginch. I had a buddy that used to Ditch. say "ginch," or "ginch,", or ginch.
4: ginch. ginch. So, like an alternate word for underwear. Ginch. You would just say, I, "Yeah, yeah Ginch. I gotta get some 80? new. I gotta get some new Ginch." I'm like, "Oh, hey. never say that again."
0: <laughs> what? That just sounds weird.
4: It's the worst it's like, word I've ever gross, heard. It's All right,
1: like, why are you saying that? Let's move on here. Here's an unsigned Must one. We? Uh, what we learned, I learned that you guys insist on giving soccer more airtime than the CFL, despite the recent success of the Lions. The Lions deserve more. Well, you know what? You're gonna well, get tomorrow, smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a BC Lion on the show tomorrow. Yeah. Booked before you texted him. We're going to ask him soccer questions.
4: Yeah. All yep, all <laughs> what do about, think the about World Leo Cup? Messi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's
1: crazy what's going on. Uh, <laughs> Gary Peters of the BC Lions is going to join us. Uh, the Lions uh, play the Riders this weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I again, we're looking maybe way too far ahead, in, all the way into October. But the Lions host the Bombers on October sixth. I hope that is a very important game mm-hmm. that you know, first place in the division is still up for grabs at that point, and that the Lions can really pack in a good crowd. Like, October is a is a great – like, it's not – you can never say, oh, like, it's too hot to go to BC October plus. is yeah. the best October month of perfect. the year. The best the month Canucks, of the year. The Canucks will be uh, in it's, their preseason then, but right, not the yeah. regular season. It's right season. before they start that, that, that,
4: yeah, that yeah. game, yeah. So
1: I hope that game really gets hyped up. I hope it's important. Um, and I hope the Lions can do everything they can uh, to host a West final. Like, they're going to – I mean, jinx here, but, like, they're going to host a playoff game. It's one or two for them in the division, right? And, <laughs> I mean, yeah, unless they go and lose the Riders and the Riders get hot. But, like, the Alberta teams are not good. And I don't think the Riders are that good either. So it's pretty much down to BC or Winnipeg for first place. And it would be awesome if we could get, like, two big games at BC Place, the first being that Winnipeg game mm-hmm. in October, but then the West
3: the Final. rematch. Maybe against final. Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah for yeah. a spot in the
1: Grey Cup, which happens to be where? Hamilton, <laughs> yes, Hamilton. We're
3: gonna go, right? Yeah, yeah we're you gonna guys go. to right? Hamilton. Yeah,
1: we're gonna stay at. Uh, do we have somewhere to stay? Um, not
3: anymore. Oh. oh, my family's moved away. But you know all yeah, the good yeah. spots. I don't. Right? Yeah, hotels yeah. are like thirty nine ninety nine though. There I know the rough there. areas, so we're staying in Burlington. <laughs> <laughs> you know the rough areas of Hamilton, so we're staying in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I do think it would be like I've been really impressed with the way the BC Lions have kind of consolidated what they did last season this year, right? Without Nathan Rourke, they've kept it going on the field. They've kept it going from an off-the-field perspective. I think having not just that regular season game against Winnipeg, but the kind of like a capstone on it, a big big matchup, the Western Conference Final, where you could see a really impressive crowd, I think, at BC Mm -hmm. Place. That would be kind of the perfect way uh, to end off this season. Uh, Justin and East Van says, what we learned... Uh, What we learned, Mike Halford isn't an ideal guest on Sportsnet 650, but he is definitely an ideal guest for a hit on Winnipeg Radio. Is Is he a regular? So this
1: is a bit of an inside joke. But, like, Halford went on Winnipeg Radio once. Uh-huh. And how many times do you think he mentioned that it? That entire week. Like, 30 no, times. Yeah. It was honestly, it was like, times? it was like a month later. Remember yeah, when yeah, I was went was on like, Winnipeg yes. Radio a month ago? Yeah, because yeah, we, we were talking do? about the Jets, and every time you're like, this is what I said when I went on Winnipeg Radio. Yeah, it was like a uh, We get but it. But he
4: acted like there was this massive name drop. Yeah. Like, a, a little brief pause. Well, was like, you, well, you know, Winnipeg they called <laughs>
1: me for Winnipeg Radio.
4: I'm not sure if you guys heard this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Of all the things to brag about, too, I was
1: on radio in Winnipeg uh, Mike the urologist from Brockville with what we learned uh, Lucas Glover's uh, I'm not going to use the phrase but yeah. I will use I guess it'll, swamp just, butt swamp butt yeah swass we've already said all the most disgusting <laughs> words in the English language yeah. today Lucas Glover's spooge uh, well. splooge
4: Uh, I don't know if if that's the word you wanted to choose. Yeah, you didn't need to say it a second time, but you, but you did.
1: I needed the L in there, too. Oh, man. Oh, well. I think
3: you made up a swear word.
1: Lucas Glover's swamp butt in his khaki pants has brought up the question of whether shorts should be allowed in the PGA. But in my experience, I still get it in shorts as well. He just needs a more technical wicking fabric and or darker friggin' pants, right? I don't know. We're all just distracted by what I said. Maybe now. this is a,
4: maybe he does this on purpose to distract his opponents. Maybe this mm-hmm. is like he a gets stra- in their head. The strategy. Interesting. Yeah. But like you think, intimidation.
1: You think like Lucas Glover has played a lot of golf. You would think he's like does Memphis get hot <laughs> in August? Does it ever get humid? <laughs> is it like standing on the way top to of the sun? this? I'm bringing the khakis out. <laughs> I hope he does it though. I hope that's his regular Into yeah. it. That'd be awesome. That would actually be awesome if he won again, or at least had a really good result and gets into the tour championship and like, and he's like, he's on fire and then they have to make a decision between him or JT. Like, I know you're not like super into golf or anything or no other guys, but like, that would be like basically saying like, okay, well, God, what's a comparison? Like, Pew Suter got yeah, yeah. really hot. He's
0: he's so <laughs> he, you see this in soccer, right? Where it's like this guy's in form. He's, he's in not form. a big name, but he's yeah, scoring yeah, a bunch yeah. of goals right now. Should we take him? I thought you were going to say, like, uh, if he wins again and credits it to his khakis.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, like, a are wearing khakis on the what's ice the, and what, he's really working hard out there. What's, the, what's the pant
0: situation at the Ryder Cup? That might be the biggest question yeah. uh, that they have to ask about Lucas Glover. Uh, all right. It's a big Ask Us Anything Friday coming up tomorrow on the show to close out the week. So start thinking about your questions. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. You've got it. On Maybe. Sportsnet 650. <laughs>